Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help encourage you to stay on the wall. I am Blend, and I definitely count it an honor and a blessing to be here with you on our podcast. Well, this week's episode is a study continuing on the book of Ruth, and we're moving into chapter two. So get your notebooks, everybody, get your Bibles, and get ready. Route 2 is coming up next. So when we last left off in Ruth chapter 1, Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, had safely journeyed back to Bethlehem just in time for the spring barley harvest. So as we're opening up to Ruth chapter 2, and I hope that you got a chance to read this ahead of time. That way, as we go through, things will start to illuminate a little bit more for us. So in chapter two, verses one through three, unbeknownst to Naomi, her late husband, Elimelech, had a kinsman or relative named Boaz. And that name meant, and him is strength. Boaz wasn't just any ordinary man. He was a mighty man of wealth, the Bible says. And we'll get back to what that means in just a bit. So rather than expect Naomi to provide, Ruth did ask for and received permission from Naomi to go out and work in the fields gleaning. Let's stop right here and think about what Bethlehem was looking like at that particular point in time. Bethlehem had a very moderate climate and it was full of lush green fields and olive groves and lots of farms. So there was plenty of work to be had at harvest time for two sets of people, the reapers and the gleaners. Let's talk about the reapers first. The reapers were paid to cut down and bundle any wheat and barley stalks. That was their job. Also, what was part of what they needed to do was to leave the corners of the fields untouched. And if they happened to drop any grain or olives or any type of produce on the ground, they were to leave that right where it was. And the reason why is because in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, the Lord had commanded so that leftover grains and such were for the poor the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. In other words, those were the gleaners. So again, in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 through 10, and you can also read up on that in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 19 through 22. So in addition to helping the gleaners provide food for themselves, God promised to bless the work of the harvester's hands. And this also served as a reminder to the Israelites when there were bondsmen and bondswomen in Egypt. They were unable to plant and harvest at the time, so now they were free to do so. And what they were commanded to do was to help bless someone else. So I want to pause right here for a spiritual gut check and ask this question. Are we leaving anything behind for the gleaners in our lives? 
In other words, how are we being a blessing to someone, as God leads us, of course, who cannot necessarily bless us back, who can't reciprocate? Remember, when you were enslaved to sin, the creditors, a stronghold, and remember when God set you free? Yes, glory to God. We all have a little something that we can give or share with someone, even if we don't have a huge salary. Maybe if you are on a limited income, and many of us are, you can offer to babysit or maybe to just sit with someone, cook a meal, buy a cup of coffee, make a call, encourage someone, visit, you know, buy or maybe make a little greeting card or write a note that says, I was thinking about you or praying for you. Trust me, those things do touch others' hearts. So God can bless us with very creative ways to help share our harvest. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Okay, let's take a look at verses 4 through 6, again still in Ruth chapter 2. Ruth's initiative landed her in the field belonging to Boaz. And while I'm sure he had substance, notice how he greeted his staff. The Lord be with you. And they answer back, the Lord bless you. This was a godly and well-respected man. And that kind of character is worth much more than money. And that's where I'm talking about in verse 1, that mighty man of wealth, he may have had the money, the character went along with it. Trust me, everybody, I have been close to some people that have money and their dispositions were, my brother likes to say, bowling shoe ugly. We're going to continue to keep them in prayer that the Lord will bless them to uh, not have that type of disposition. But money comes and it goes. But how you conduct yourself really tells who you are. Proverbs 22 and 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and a loving favor rather than silver and gold. So we want to be sure if the Lord ever elevates us wealth-wise that our disposition is still down to earth and that we love the Lord and treat his people the way that God treats us. And that is good all the time. All right. So getting back to Ruth, um, now we're going to move down to verses 6 through 9. So the word says that Ruth's hap, H-A-P, or destiny, was to glean in Boaz's field. So the Lord set this up. Boaz noticed this foreign woman and after some inquiry found out who Ruth was and he inquired as to, you know, what she was doing there and so on and so forth. And what he was told was, is that Ruth worked really hard. She had been gleaning out all day and just rested just a little bit, just a little bit. So when Boaz got that report of how hard Ruth was working, he approached Ruth and instructed her to, number one, stay in his field. Number two, go with his maidens. Number three, that the young men that were in the field would not bother her. And number four, he would get her water 
when she was thirsty. Closer look time. This speaks to Boaz's character once again. Single ladies, please take notes. And for my married folks, just stay with me or relate this to someone that may need this information. First of all, Boaz went out to seek Ruth and not the other way around. Nor was Ruth posing and cheesing by the well, acting all 7-Eleven big gulp thirsty, waiting to be noticed and rescued from gleaning. She was busy and she was godly. Men notice busy, godly, fulfilled women. They notice other types too, but for reasons we need to cover in another study. Next, please recall that Ruth was new in town. She was a stranger, a foreigner, and a widow in this land, and she could have been very easily taken advantage of. Remember that from our first study, the widows were not always treated fairly. Boaz got in front of any potential foolishness by giving Ruth and his young men specific instructions that were followed without question. A godly man, whether single or married, will protect rather than take advantage of your condition, ladies, manipulate you or guilt you into doing anything wrong or just plain fleece you. Now, BCU family, I want to stop right here because if you've been listening very carefully, you've noticed that I've talked about the characteristics of Ruth and Boaz as single people. And I don't want this study to be misconstrued as, well, this is how I'm going to get out of my single life or this is how I'm going to attract somebody. No, no, no. That's not what we're here for. While we can't ignore the fact that this is a love story between two people and eventually a family, the bigger picture is, is that this is a love story from our God to us. And we're going to talk about how that ties in. Why I'm talking about the characteristics of the main folks in the story is because what we do, how we treat people, our character matters to God. How we treat people how we're being treated, it matters to God. That is not a small feat. So when Christ is in us, when he is down on the inside, what should come out are godly characteristics. And that's what I'm trying to get across to all of you all who are under the sound of my voice. And again, I'm speaking to myself as well. So I just wanted to pause and put that in here, lest y'all think that this is a study about how to get out of your single life. Certainly not. We want to work on what God wants us to work on. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get back into our study. I'm going into Ruth chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. So Ruth is clearly overwhelmed at Boaz's friendliness and favor as he tells her that he knows all about how Ruth took care of Naomi in Moab since she had left her own family and her birthland to come into this strange land. Then he said, The Lord recompense you for your work and a full reward given unto you from God under whose wings you have come to trust. This harkens back 
to when Ruth took on Naomi. Naomi's one true God as her God. You all remember that back in chapter one, she said, and my God will be your God. So you can never, ever go wrong with choosing God. Never, ever, ever, never. That's always a safe move, always. So if you don't know the Lord and the pardoning of your sins, Acts 2, 38 and 39 is where to start. Send me an email at blankcouragesyou.com if you need more information, and I will be happy to share that with you. And for those of us that have the Holy Spirit down on the inside, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. It's a blessing that the Lord chose us and he chose us to live for him. Amen. Y'all can tell I'm getting excited here now. Amen. Amen. All right. Something else to keep in mind with verses 10 through 12 is that know that whatever you are doing from your heart does not go unnoticed, especially from God. Many of you are working hard and taking care of things and holding things down, or maybe you've done some things and hadn't gotten any accolades or thanks from anybody. Just know that when you're doing it, especially if you're doing it from your heart, God notices everything anyway, but especially if you're doing it from your heart, God certainly does pay attention. Hebrews 6 and 10 says that God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. All right, so let's hop back into our scriptures, verses 11 through 14. As if the blessings from Boaz were not enough, Boaz's favor continues as he invites Ruth to eat. All right, I'm going back to my singles. Listen up, ladies. Boaz did not ask Ruth for her glean grain or to go half or for anything in return. On top of that, Boaz served Ruth. Verse 14 says he reached her the parched corn. And listen, Ruth sat and ate with the reapers, the hired folks. How many of the gleaners are recorded in Ruth chapter 2 with eating with the hired people? Not one. Not one. And, and listen, what I love about Ruth, what really spoke to me here in verse 15 was she ate until she got full and rather than hang around and make small talk or take advantage of Boaz's kindness, she went right back into the field to work until evening. Ruth's laser, laser focus, intent, and godly character stayed consistent even with the newfound favor of Boaz. Ladies, let us not ever exploit anything a man does out of his heart for us. Neither should we get all silly and unfocused. Ask the Lord to help you stay on task. All right, we're getting down to the end, everybody. Uh, verses 15 through 22. So with Boaz's instruction to his staff to purposely drop grain for Ruth and not to rebuke her, she brought home about a bushel of grain. And the measurements vary. It's roughly about 64 pints or 50-odd pounds of grain to Naomi. 
And another unselfish act here is that Ruth actually shared her grain. She didn't hoard anything. She made sure that Naomi got some. So when Naomi saw this grain, it prompted her to ask, you know, where did you glean and, and work today? And once Ruth told her it was Boaz that she was at his field, Naomi went into praise, saying, Blessed be he of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Boaz is near kin to us, one of our next kinsmen. One of the most memorable moments from our last study was a grieving and broken Naomi who is now rejoicing in God. Does God not know how to turn our mourning into dancing? Yes, he does. And then our chapter wraps up where Ruth tells Naomi of Boaz's kind protection, their verbal contract for Ruth to glean until the end of the harvest and how Ruth stayed with her mother-in-law. These women came to Bethlehem poor and unsure, and in one short chapter, they were blessed and less stressed. Amen? Amen. Let's see what our notes to self are. All right. So number one, God blessed Ruth with a selfless heart, ambition, faith, and the mind to be guided by the voice of the Lord to happen to land in the field that Boaz owned. This would not have happened if she and Naomi sat around waiting. Faith without works is dead. And that's James chapter 2, verse 20. Boaz may have been a man of wealth, and this is point number two, but that extended far beyond money. His generous, selfless acts went above what the law of God required. He protected and took care of Ruth without anything in return and taught his men to do the same thing. Number three, Ruth remained humble, hardworking, and a godly example of how women should behave. Hashtag not thirsty. She never counteroffered herself for any of Boaz's favor, thereby protecting him. Rather, she thanked him and went back to what she had purposed in her heart to do. Single men, if women are offering up things, unless the Lord has told you otherwise, run as fast as your legs can carry you. That is likely a Proverbs 5 woman and you're looking for a Proverbs 31 woman. All right, amen. And then finally, whether you get recognized by people or not, God does take note of your work. Paul reminds us that whatever we do, we do it heartily and to the Lord and not unto men because we serve God and he is the rewarder. That's Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24. Men may award, but God does reward. There's a difference. 
All right, family, that's going to bring us to the close of Ruth chapter two. I trust that you are as blessed and challenged by the word that is brought to you by our God as I am. I thank God for his awesome illumination and now the application of what he has told us. We have to be doers of the word with his help. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. And until next time we meet, stay on the wall.